Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 175 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. Jacob, holy moly, Uh-oh. it's the week of Christmas. Oh, I know, right? Who who would have thought? It's almost like we've been stuck in like some kind of time warp for the last <laughs> two years, and it just everything's going by so fast. You would point. never figure that Christmas falls on the same day every year year because I'm in a in a mad frantic scramble it's, like it's, I didn't know it was a thing it sneaks up on you doesn't it you're just like all of a sudden it's Christmas and you're like oh I have gotten nobody anything oh I mean I'm pretty I mean I'm done at this point because what am I gonna do I'm yeah, out of well, time yeah you get you use nothing you're getting whatever I can manage to get you from Amazon via prime <laughs> before oh. the day is basically all that's happening consumerism is not great people um but you know I like I like aspects of Christmas I'm not crazy about the whole thing yeah um I like the family stuff I like the food I love yeah. lights I like decorating the house I like my Christmas tree it's very cozy. I like jingles. That's a good part of Christmas. Oh, see, I do not like jingles. I only like Darlene Love. Just one Christmas song. The rest, I'm kind of like, pass. Yeah, <laughs> look at last Christmas, man. That's always a treat. You can get some George Michael up in here. That's, that's I mean, bad. that is true. I'm never going to I'm never gonna refuse some <laughs> some George Michael. Ooh, I got it going in my head now. I'm actually kind of jamming now. It's good stuff. <laughs> Karaoke here on All Booked Up. And I mean, also, if anyone, I don't know what people can hear that we can hear, but if they're like moving stuff around. So if you hear these scary noises in the background, don't worry. Jacob is safe. That's right. It's something else entirely. I'm not throwing tables at him. This is something else. But and if you've watched the bills lately, nobody's going through them either. Oh, no. Oh, (laughs) no. So as we all know, Christmas, it's known for its tranquility and it's cheer, mm-hmm. a seasonal reprieve from the ills of the world there's is a, its goal. There's a bunch of raisins walking around singing carols for everybody. It's, okay, it's okay. So, of course, this makes it a prime target of some very nasty, <laughs> very naughty movies, which is weird. So, Christmas horror movies, why is that a thing? How did someone ever think that making Santa the villain of a movie was a good idea, and where did all of this craziness begin? Good question. It let's is. It out. is. Let's let's definitely find out. I mean, I think it's the in, inherently transgressive nature of bloodying a holiday that's meant to represent joy and peace on earth and goodwill towards men. I think people just like that. Oh, absolutely. They like being like, I'm edgy. Um, and it's really easy to set a horror film on Halloween because that's a day like evil forces are on Earth and mm-hmm. we're expecting them to be out. But setting a bloodbath against the pristine, beautifully like guarded specter of Christmas, on the other hand, I think, you know, it gives a certain angle of like this. It's a purposeful offense um, because people are always going to take the the symbol of the holiday very very seriously and so that's too tempting for some people to resist i I mean i'm already coming up with ideas for horror movies myself when you set it up like that like it's exactly what you want yes people are like oh i can rib on you i'm definitely gonna do that i get to i get to shoot red stuff all over some white snow like that sounds like a real it's a beautiful visual so i think though if we really have to figure out like an origin of kind of christmas horror i'm gonna say that it goes back to 1843 okay Okay. That's the year that the world met the Charles Dickens novella, A Christmas Carol. So 
it might be hard to think of a Christmas Carol as like a scary Christmas story because there's just been a bajillion adaptations mm-hmm. since it came out. Um, and it's in school plays and, and children's books and things like this. It's one of the most popular Christmas stories that ever existed. And I think everyone understands that the the story aims to teach like the true meaning of Christmas, sharing and giving and making the world a better place. But so when Dickens wrote his novella, he was thinking about poverty and social injustice and how little people seem to care about these topics. So much has changed. <laughs> yes, oh, definitely. <laughs> now, who would have thought that years later that story would be adapted for Michael Caine talking uh, to a frog? I know. That would probably be the best version It's of it. really funny. But <laughs> as a child, Dickens experienced poverty and humiliation. And, and as a result of that, he became really deeply involved in creating pamphlets and essays that addressed the struggles um, through which the children of the Industrial Revolution had to go through every day. Um, it was really hard to open people's eyes and make them really care about the issue of hand. And like I said, most of us know the story at this point and, you know, kind of being covered in chains and walking the earth forever. I mean, that might not sound as scary as getting like thrown across the room by an invisible monster, sure. like things that we see now. But in 1843, when the novella came out, the whole like rattling of Jacob's chains as described by Dickens was enough to really give people nightmares. Oh, I mean, it, it was a huge, scary story for them. Oh, they were like reading that thing and freaking out, man. Cause then they started, you know, adding their own morality and how their own lives have been. And like, that's oh. just it. The, the things that people feared the most then are like darkness, illness, and death. And those are the three biggest elements in the story. So I think that really set it off and kind of let people know, like, there's room to add these kind of stories into Christmas. And we're all about it. Oh, they're the best, man. You're going to see some of our choices today. You're going to find out, like, I, I so much enjoy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, some movies, I think, just want to scare you. And then other movies maybe want to teach you a lesson. And maybe some... don't always complain about what you get for Christmas. And some of them are just plain slasher dumbness and Uh they're pretty fun (laughs) yeah absolutely regardless of the why these exist it's now a fertile ground for horror cinema for at least half a century i think it really started in like 1972 silent night bloody night was one of the really Uh, early yeah that was one of the uh, one of the first ones yeah and then black christmas in 1974 which has been rebooted a couple times i'm sure jacob's going to talk about it oh we will get into those Sounds right. So in the spirit of the season, please enjoy. We're going to give you a small collection of Christmas horror classics, um, along with what I must assume will be a few of the so bad they're good variety, because that's how Jacob's brain works. We've just accepted it at that point. Oh, you are going to get all manners of uh, possessed Christmas there, stuff running around. We're, in we're anticipating that. So right. <laughs> wait, ready, Jacob? I have a good I have a starter line here. All right. Like, let's do it. Rudolph's nose isn't the only thing getting splashed with red this year. You see, that's what I'm talking about. You like Th- that? That is like the f- that's a first line <laughs> of a book that's like, you know what? I'm going to read page two. I'm going to see where this is going. <sighs> I live to please you. Okay, so I'm going to start with one I just watched last week for the first time. Okay. And it's Better Watch Out. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, actually. I'm so surprised. I figured every movie I'm going to talk about you've seen. So... I'm going to say that Home Alone is surely one of the most popular and iconic Christmas movies of all time. This is interesting. It's not, an interesting It's start. not a horror film. <laughs> However, if Home Alone was a horror film, 
it would look very much like Better Watch Out. Okay, I'm liking this. This is like a really slick reinvention of the home invasion subgenre. So Olivia Dijon, you probably don't know her. These They're actors I'm not familiar with. Um, but she plays babysitter Ashley, who attempts to protect her charge, which is a 12-year-old boy, Luke, played by Levi Miller. He does pretty good. Um, when they are threatened by intruders in his home. But not all is as it seems in this. Oh. Um, the central twist and gimmick um, display, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't want to spoil that here. Just know that the two actors, Dijon and Miller, they spar really beautifully together in a movie which plays with gender and coming of age tropes. Um, it includes a handful of really gruesome set pieces. There's like a <laughs> neighborhood kid who adds the comic relief. It has everything that you want. It's clever. It's funny, um, it's gruesome, and it's really attractively directed, I would say. I think this one could become, okay, it's not going to become a new Christmas tradition. <laughs> it's not, but it should definitely be watched at least once. I'm, I'm liking everything you're saying about that, like a like an evil a horror version of Home Alone. Like that, there's so much that could be it done. Really, it <laughs> really is. It, You know, we, we definitely laughed. We enjoyed it. It wasn't terrible. I, I will say that, like, you're not like, oh, you'd what a waste of time. You watch it and you're like, okay, that was a good time. You'd, you'd be surprised uh, how good of a praise that is if it's not terrible from Michelle. That I mean, you. kind of a lot of those movies are, but I'm saying you can definitely check out Better Watch Out. I like that's a great start. All right, here I'm nervous. Where are you even? No, I'm going. I'm going with one of the more normal ones to start out. Okay, they'll they'll get more ridiculous. Don't worry about it. So I'm going to start with uh, you know, Krampus. Did you see? You know, I somehow haven't, and I want to. So Krampus. Okay, (laughs) this is a pretty great movie. Brought to you by Michael Doherty. Do you? Does that name ring a bell? Yeah. Anybody who likes my kind of choices on this would know that name because he brought you stuff like Trick or Treat. And he wrote the last two Godzilla King Kong, or last three Godzilla King Kong movies, which were all just fantastic. Mm. Um, but what is Krampus about? So he's basically like the evil Santa Claus. The idea being that he is like an elf kind of demon deity kind of thing who shows up and punishes people who lose their Christmas spirit. Oh, no. So basically this family, it's a modern family kind of deal. You know, relatives Adam come Scott's over. Adam Scott's in it, right? Adam Scott is in it, yes. Okay. So you got your bickering family just arguing over the holidays, going back and forth. Nobody likes each other. Nobody wants to be in this. And, of course, that's what calls Krampus. Oh, in. no, not so, Krampus. So all of a sudden, a mysterious blizzard engulfs the town, and everybody on this certain street starts having to deal with uh, strange goings-on. Then we got yourself some possessed teddy bears running around. We <laughs> My got favorite. some evil wreaths. There, I believe there's some... Uh, Elf on a Shelf nonsense going on in this movie. <laughs> that um, and not only that, this movie is pretty brutal, too. This is not one where they kind of take it easy on people. There is murder afoot. The monster looks cool. It looks fantastic. It's just a super slick, great horror movie. Oh, everything about it is great. It's got a nice ending to it. Just if you want to go. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's one of those ones that nobody thinks about till this time of year. They've made a million Krampus movies. So. Look for the one that looks like it was made by a real studio. I definitely feel like I never heard of Krampus until about five years ago. Um, And I will mention him at the end of the show in some of our facts. But now it's like Krampus is everywhere. I know, right? It's like all of a sudden, I didn't hear about this thing. became like the thing. Somebody read about it in an old book. And they're like, no, we're going to make 20 movies about this thing. Correct. (laughs) And they're they're going strong at it. Okay, so the next one... 
this kind of interesting. The movie The Lodge. I've heard of it. Again, another one I haven't seen yet. I don't know why I'm so surprised by all this. Okay, so this is interesting. So during a family retreat to a remote winter cabin over the holidays, the father of this family is forced to um, abruptly depart for work, leaving his two children in the care of his new girlfriend, Grace. Okay. And these kids are still mourning their mother's suicide that happened only a few months ago. So they are very isolated and alone. They're not in a great headspace. And then a blizzard traps them inside the lodge. Um, and then these kind of terrifying events. They like summon these specters from Grace's dark past. And she starts not having a good time. So predictably, they're really rejecting her. Um, but when their father has to leave them in her care, the brother and the sister kind of decide... Uh, to show her how they really feel about her and that they feel there's a connection to their mom's death and then she has this checkered past of being in a cult. There's a lot. They bring a lot of stuff to the story. It's a very full screen Right, right when here. you start <laughs> describing it, I actually have seen it because then I remembered like right when you're talking, I must have started watching it like five minutes in. Okay. Because then like, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I did see this movie. Yeah. That movie's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's it's a totally crazy movie. The directors, there's two directors. They have a really wonderful eye for composition um, and spooky imagery. And they had a really good casting director. Because I feel like the two kids are fantastic. And then Riley Keogh plays the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She is also really, really great. They work well together. Um, they do a really good job of kind of sustaining the discomfort of just the, the, the lodge and what's going on inside of it. It has really meticulously curated design. I feel like it's the kind of horror film you feel like you could kind of you look at it physically, but tangibly, you feel like you can kind of like reach through the screen and like touch what's going on. Like oh, they yeah. really bring it to life. Um, and it is dark, dude. That movie. It, it's it goes more places. disturbing than scary. Yes, I would agree. It's more modern horror than yes. like classic horror, I would it's say. Thinking horror. Yeah. But it's definitely like a good time. Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Just thinking about some of the stuff that goes down later in that movie. It's yeah, great. it's definitely very interesting. So check out the lodge. We're getting weird for Christmas. What uh, you got? All right, we're going from weird to stupid. Oh, Are you, ready? G- you never. When your movie's lasting cinematic legacy is you were the first on-screen appearance of Shannon Elizabeth. You know we're dealing with some good <laughs> stuff here. Oh, terrible. We're going with 1997's Jack Frost. Not. The Michael Keaton movie. Oh, I was thinking that. I was like, was that scary? I know which it was is, terrible. Which is equally terrifying. Yeah, in a different way. <laughs> Michael Keaton voicing a <laughs> snowman that was supposed to be George Clooney. But mm. that's we'll talk about that af- after the show. <sighs> now, we are talking about Jack Frost, the mutant killer snowman. That's right, Michelle. You How have I missed this my whole life? Oh, it is fabulous. So <laughs> what is it about? A serial killer is on his mm-hmm. way to his final execution. While they're transporting him, the transport that is with him gets into a car accident Mm. with a truck full of mysterious chemicals. Not those mysterious chemicals! So as he's about to escape, the killer gets doused in these chemicals, which melts his body, but... His DNA mixes with the snow that is on the ground because oh it's God, Christmas. It. <laughs> so he re- is able to reconstitute himself as a killer snowman. Oh, and Jacob, that is the stupidest thing I ever heard. He goes to the town and he basically starts killing people as a foul mouthed killer snowman. So it changed his whole 
just mental disposition now. He's just a terrible murdering. Oh no, he always was. He was a serial killer that got turned into. Oh right. Thing. So he's like Somehow a serial serial killer again. snowman. Oh, every kind of stupid. And this is again, Krampus is graphic. Jack Frost is the this low next lo- budget. Graphic, oh, <laughs> they're squirting ketchup on people's faces. They're <laughs> just throwing it all over the place. There's <laughs> mannequin heads flying around. This movie, it is a cult classic. They actually, it made it was so popular they made a sequel to it somehow. So there's a second one where he's a oh my god, I'm remembering the sequel now, where he goes to the Caribbean and he's killing people at Christmas in the Caribbean as a killer snowman. Mm. Another pretty dumb. But this is a movie that knows it's stupid. It understands it's a stupid movie, and it's like you know what you you want to watch a stupid we're movie. We're leaning into it. We're leaning into it. It's pretty <laughs> great. Go check out Jack Frost, but I think I'm gonna watch it again. On I mean, like or later. don't. I don't really know what to tell you guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's actually not the <laughs> stupidest of the <laughs> of the possessed stuff movies we're getting to. So you never let me down. <laughs> hang okay, on, hang on, everybody. <laughs> so this next film is called Rare Exports, um, and I want to say that about out of all the films that have attempted to tackle the Christmas time mythology through the lens of horror, none have done it with half of the just gonzo weirdness that is in this Finland film, Rare Exports. Oh, Finland. This is good. Um, So again, this is, you know, we've been talking about Krampus, and um, the Finns were definitely laying some of that foundation here, but they're dredging up the figure, I don't even know how to say it, is like Julapuki. Nailed it. (laughs) Doubtful. Um, But I'm going to say it's the so-called Christmas goat of Scandinavian folklore because you gotta have a Christmas goat always a goat always a goat who like Krampus punishes wicked children for their sin for their sins nice as they as they should I don't know what a goat's got to do with Christmas but you know what I'm gonna support him he's an angry goat so we see this particular story through the eyes of these rural Finnish kids and they're just destitute parents and their livelihoods are trampled by the engine of economic progress and consumerism always of course Come on. It, it gives you the feel of, feel of like gremlins, which I know that you'll oh, bring up, but it's kind it, of. It, it, I do like gremlins. Yeah, it's kind of that same cynicism. Um, so it seems fitting then that there's a government research team that dredges up horrors from beneath the earth's crust. They're always digging. It represents the greed of the adults as we need in every good Christmas story. It's like, yeah, I'm sure this thing that was in a box with chains around it with all this religious symmetry, I'm sure it's fine. Let's just open that up. I'm <laughs> sure that's not a big deal. Yeah, I'm sure um, they did that just by accident. But you get like a really magical Nordic setting. Um, it's very fantastical feeling. Uh, it has that Scandinavian horror feel like Let the Light, uh, the Right One In and Dead Snow, okay. which are like good I like, films. Oh, Dead Snow. We'll, we'll talk about you one day, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it never strives for the emotion or the gravity of Let the Right One In. Sure. Like, it's not that kind of film. It does, however, I mean, it builds to a very formidable conclusion. It gives us probably the most oddly beautiful, unique origin story for Santa Claus that has ever been brought to any story. Oh, I like that idea. Um, But yeah, Rare Exports is totally worth it. This is just, this is a good time. This is a good time. You're like, I love you. It's a wonderful life, but I can't do it again. Not in 2021. That's not where my mental state is. Then Rare Exports, that's the one for you. Fantastic. See, I'm, I'm, <laughs> 
It's it's weird. These these are much more of our modern take. Like this is what we should be watching these days. We I mean, for the last two years, this is absolutely what you should be watching. I don't know how you can watch the happy stuff. I don't know where your mind's at. I mean, yeah, no, no idea. <laughs> no if idea. If you're able to, you know, more power to you. But yeah, seriously. I don't know how you do it. All right. All right. You ready to get more stupid? I don't know. You ready to get stupider than a killer <laughs> snowman, Michelle? Are you ready? We're, we're going to do it. Okay. 2005, starring Gary Busey. Oh, I'm already like, why? You ready for this? Mm. We're talking about 2005's The Ginger Dead Man. Oh, come on. That's the worst title, Jacob. Ginger Dead No one dead even tried. Man. They, they they did try. That is some good <laughs> wordplay. Oh, yeah. It's great wordplay. <laughs> so stop me if you heard this. A killer gets caught <sighs> and he gets taken and arrested and blah, blah, blah. He gets, you know, the death penalty. If there penalty. are chemicals that spill on him. No chemicals okay. in this one. You're going to like this way much better. So he gets executed. This is, of course, Gary Busey is playing the serial killer. Mm. So he gets executed. His mom gets his ashes. She takes him home. And she mixes them with some dough and does some spells because she's kind of a witch. <laughs> and then these people come in and they actually end up cooking this dough in an industrial size oven, which unleashes the demon known as the ginger dead man. Yes, a full size gingerbread man with the voice of Gary Busey, who is a serial killer and has to keep going for his revenge. I don't. I don't, I don't need to, to get any more deep into the story. No, that. That you is probably what it is. don't. You just imagine a giant gingerbread <laughs> man going about. Does it look like Gary Busey still? Oh, it is stupid looking. Oh, you're going to show me, me a photo? Let me show it to you right there. You ready? <laughs> Let me see. Look at that thing. <laughs> so it is just. That's what it looks that's, like. That's what it is, man. <laughs> So it is a human-sized guy running Oh, my around. God. This tagline, evil, never tasted so good. <laughs> Why is his head so big? Because he's a full-size, like, gingerbread man running around. It I is. am dead. You need to check it no. out. Gary Busey is doing a bet. He's having fun. Okay, that's the image I have to use for the for the episode header. That's beautiful. The, the, oh, I, oh I mean, my God. And you're going to like this. It's actually started a, a series. Are you ready for these titles? Yes. Two more. Okay. Ginger Dead 2, released in 2008. Ginger Dead Man 2, Passion of the Crust. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and then that leads into Ginger Dead Man 3, Saturday Night Cleaver. Gosh, I, I love these movies so much. They're so stupid. I'm I actually this wasn't like the Harvard class of writers on this one. There was actually a crossover cinematic universe with the Ginger Dead Man, Michelle. When Ginger Dead Man took on the evil bong. Oh, what? What? Yeah, the, the Killer Bong movies, which also is a series of B-grade. I'm concerned about how you fill the hours of your day. People, I'm actually, like, getting worried. You thought trauma was bad, man. You should see some of the garbage that's coming out these days. Oh, my but gosh. go check out the Ginger Dead Man, everybody. It is great. Okay. Um, the next one I'm going to do is Anna in the Apocalypse. This is almost certainly one of the sweetest, most positive, and upbeat Christmas movies on our list here that is a wonderful feel-good musical romance oh, from director cool. John McPhail, which also happens to be a zombie movie. I'm liking that. Oh, yeah. So Anna is a British teen looking to kind of toss her university plans aside and live abroad for a while. Plans that are derailed oh. by the sudden holiday arrival of what certainly seems to be a zombie apocalypse. This 
movie. I'm actually shocked you haven't seen it because we've got zombies and we have got music. It is peppered by these hyperkinetic song and dance numbers that have a super like Broadway vibe to them. Mm -mm. Um, The film kind of starts a bit slow. um, Feeling like they kind of miss like it it wants to be like a Disney high school musical series. Mm -hmm. Like it might have missed that a little, but it's second and third acts. Super, super satisfying. Plenty gory. A lot of zombie slaying. Um, I saw a description of this movie that is perfect, is that it's Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land. Okay. See, that's a good description. Yeah. I like that idea. So you've just got, like, zombie slaying around Christmas time, and they're singing about it. If that sounds like you, you're cool. You should definitely watch this movie. I don't know how I missed that one either. I'm always seeing it, like, on the... Oh like yeah, it's for you. I haven't watched it yet. It's for you, Jacob. I'm over here watching the Ginger Dead Man. I could be watching Anna and the Apocalypse See? and watching the we actual have it, real We movie. have it at the house. You can stop by, oh, and we'll okay. do a little Christmas, a little Christmas snug and movie we'll, watch. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get that in. Uh, we'll watch Pig, and then we'll get. That oh movie. yeah, we're very, we're well, very busy. Uh, did you see that new trailer for the Nick Cage movie where Nick Cage plays Nick Cage? I can't right now. It's, oh, I'm not in the headspace. <laughs> I need to. I need to do some meditation beforehand. All right, you want to give us one more? We're running out of time. Yeah, we'll give you. I'll give you another another stupid one here. Ready? What? This one, 2005 Canadian slasher movie called Santa's Sleigh, spelled S L A Y. See, I appreciate that a little more than Ginger Dead Man. Did they try a little harder on that one? Uh a little bit, not much, but it, <laughs> it, it's, it's better. It's okay. better. So this one is about Santa Claus, who's played by professional wrestler Bill Goldberg, which, again, right off the bat tells okay. you what I'm dealing with. So it turns out that the story that we heard about Santa Claus isn't exactly the right one. See, in reality, he's not this jovial, gift-giving guy like we all thought. No, it turns out that he's actually kind of like Jesus, only for the devil, Get it? Because they were both born. Whoa. They were both born on December twenty fifth. Okay. See. So what Santa does? Because it's actually we pronounced it wrong. Because it's like some Satan thing on how sure. it's actually written. Is he goes around on December twenty fifth, the holiday season, and he just starts murdering people. <laughs> well. And he does so in very graphic and gruesome manners. Uh, this movie just starts with him just killing this family on Christmas Eve. They give you no context. He just shows up, starts ripping people apart. And moves on to what the next What was the title one. of this movie? Santa's Sleigh. Oh, right. How could I already forget? Oh. But uh, us wrestling fans were laughing because we're like, okay, get Goldberg in here. I feel like there was another bit of a joke where all of the actors in this movie are Jewish. <laughs> so I feel like there was something where he's like, yeah, we're just going to get this in here. No little okay. subversive little play on things. Oh, boy. But yeah, if you're looking for some dumbness, you want to get some more Santa Claus murdering, That's check this one out. I mean, you. Yeah, and then I guess I'll mention some other quick ones. You know, we you didn't mentioned, mention Black Christmas. I was gonna say we mentioned Black Christmas. Okay. Um, go check both of those out. The remake just just as good as the original, actually. Like mm. it might even be a little bit better because the actors are better and no wonder. Oh, Lacey Chabert is in there, and I think uh, Elizabeth, I Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in there. Oh, I do like her. Yeah, so it's a reason to check it out. Silent Night, Deadly Night. They've remade that about twenty times. Yeah. Um, that one maybe check out the original. Okay. That's a little bit better. And, of course, Gremlins, my favorite movie of Always. all time. Always. Can never go, miss Gremlins. Go check that bad boy out. Oh, so good. I do want to mention one. Have you seen A Christmas Horror Story? No. I, that's another Krampus one, isn't it? Like, didn't they have like of a, course it's yeah. another Krampus one. This is another town that's plagued by malevolent spirits, zombie elves, 
Krampus and not even Santa is safe. I figured that you would like this though because this is um, kind of made like trick or treat. Oh, I do like trick or treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a bunch of horror based kind of tales. Oh, it's, oh, it's like an anthology. It's an the anthology. anthology. Nice. You got right. it. I will check it out then. I, like um, that. I think that it's not on a lot of people's radar, but it is a worthy installment in this kind of genre. It goes to some unusual places. <laughs> so, you know, that's enjoyable. It also uses a radio DJ as the connective tissue that holds all four of the stories together. Okay. And the DJ is William Shatner. Oh, there you go. That's some, that's some good casting choice right there. <laughs> yes. Um, and, of course, I I mean, I said Krampus and zombie elves. You need more than that? Yeah, I mean, you're, I'm in. Count me in, man. It has a pretty inspired ending, I guess, if that, you want. That's kind of like the thing with all these movies. Like, they, the movie itself is sometimes you shrug, but they all have pretty fun endings. Like, yes. They and, made sure to nail that. And I'm going to say just admit it, people. Admit it. You've always wanted to see Santa dismembering his elves anyway. I mean, I've, Come on! I, I mean, I've ever since when you're watching like Rudolph, you're like, oh, <laughs> why won't he stupid, do it? This stupid dentist, get him out of here! So you'll get it in that film. Okay, we are out of time. Jacob, plug us up. So if you are looking for something to put on the TV so you can ignore your relatives around the holidays, <laughs> you know what? Just stop by your local library. We got 37 branches all throughout Erie County. Stop on by, go check out what we got uh, on display for you, and grab whatever looks interesting. Uh, don't forget to visit our website at www.buffalolib.org. Org, find out what we have going on and check out any amended hours the library may have uh, around this time. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod uh, and let us know what you are watching this Christmas. So we talked a lot about Krampus. Uh, just to let you know, this kind of originated his different countries. So Austria, Slovenia, Croatia, and Northern Italy. That's the origin story of Krampus. Um, and like I said, you might not have heard about it. We got a lot of St. Nick and we didn't really get his counterpart. He's got a better, um, better marketing team. But he is part of kind of Santa's entourage here. He is a demon with massive horns whose main job is to drag naughty children straight to hell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pretty great. Pretty great job if you can get it. It turns out that Santa doesn't really want to know if you have been naughty. He's busy. So a few weeks before Christmas, he said, Krampus around to weed out the bad children. Bad. <laughs> he is his henchman. It's a fantastic story, man. I mean, some of the things, so for minor offenses, Krampus might simply beat the children with a bundle of sticks. If they have been especially bad, however, they are tossed in his sack and brought straight to hell. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, kids. Yeah, maybe. Go, to, go to bed when you're told. Yeah, man. If Krampus, if you know there's a Krampus running around, you might want to, you know, do take some preventative Correct. steps. Correct. The next one, have you ever heard of the Yule Lads from Iceland? No. Okay, so this is another terrifying Christmas legend that comes from Iceland. There are seriously so many of them. Um, it but makes this you wonder one, if something's really going on in Iceland. <laughs> this one is so horrific, the government actually banned parents from telling children the tale. I read some article about that. Take that with All what right. you will. Come, um, on, come on, Iceland. And, tough up a bit. In the days leading up to Christmas, the Yule lads were said to appear for the sole purpose of making children's lives more difficult. Mm -hmm. They are the descendants of monsters, and each of these 13 creatures had a unique method for wrecking havoc. So one might steal milk and farm animals, when the other would remove all of the light sources from a room, oh, leaving traumatized children in total darkness. And if that is not unsettling enough for you, the Yule Lads have a group pet, okay? <laughs> They're followed around by this ferocious cat whose diet consists entirely 
of children. See. And unlike Krampus, this cat does not care if you have been naughty or nice. It is hungry forever it can get its teeth on. I like the idea that the only actual scary part of that story is the you know the human eating cat. Like the rest of it's like oh, we're gonna turn the lights off. We're gonna take away the cat's milk. like I'm gonna eat you. And the government <laughs> is like, we cannot let our children hear the story. Uh, I don't know what an Iceland accent is. Obviously. The last one is Hans Trop. This uh, originated in France and what's this? Uh Lorraine? Oh, Alice Lorraine? Yeah, I'm not really familiar with that. But from the lore, it's that Hans Trapp was a local man renowned for his greed and his unscrupulousness. And he used witchcraft and deals with the devil to become rich. So after being excommunicated from the Catholic Church, he lost his wealth and his social standing. So he took to roaming the countryside disguised as a scarecrow. As you do. And at some point, he became consumed with the idea of tasting human flesh. So he lured a shepherd boy to his death and cooked him over a fire. But before Hans Trapp could take his first bite, God, feeling that things have gone too far, struck him with lightning. So he died, but he returns on Christmas to go from door to door looking for young, tasty children people are weird man these stories are weird and we love them all they're fantastic let's make some movies about all these everybody go check out some new holiday classics absolutely but we hope that you have a wonderful holiday and we will catch you next time bye